0: What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the of the Indiana Pacers. You listen to the Peace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Rules on Twitter. Hello everyone and welcome to the Pacer Rules podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias towards the Indiana Pacers. And we finally have some basketball on the horizon. Uh, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. And by that I mean nothing changed with the Indiana Pacers and everything stayed the same. We've been through the draft, we've been through free agency, I think 14 of the 17 roster spots have been filled by players that were on the side last year. Um, And there was a lot of press surrounding the Pacers move. So today we're going to talk about what didn't happen, what could have happened, uh, the preseason. We'll talk about Kevin Pritchard's recent press conference uh, held via Zoom and particularly his comments regarding uh, one of our all-star players. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to the next season, the 2020 21 season. We didn't really know when it was going to start, but it's ramped up super quickly, Justin, and basketball's almost back.
1: Can't wait. I think I tweeted out it's two weeks away from the first preseason game. Um, I feel spoiled. Like, I feel like. We need to be in the trenches a bit longer without NBA, but look, the world needs basketball. Uh, you know, a lot of the world's in some sort of lockdown or restrictions. So having NBA back on is fantastic for everyone. Uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. This is another NBA season where no one's really got any idea who's going to win the championship. Um, you know, most people would say Lake is a favorite, but they're coming off literally no rest. So um, yeah, this is another year that probably eight to 10 teams think they can win the championship.
0: And Alex, yet another year where every media outlet is just saying the Indiana Pacers are favourites to win the East. They have one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> you know, they're plastered all over social media everywhere. You know, we're really getting the respect we deserve, aren't we?
2: They can't get enough of the Pacers, mate. Putting us at the top of the power rankings once again. Seems to happen every year, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, but it's it's funny. I'm sure you guys saw that, that tweet I responded to. It was the, you know... Obviously, respect to Atlanta, they made some great moves. But it's it's funny once again, isn't it, seeing everyone doubt this Pacers team. Obviously, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, they didn't make any moves. But, hey, man, we, we were on pace for 50 wins. The starters didn't play a whole lot together. So don't sleep on this team. Obviously, I don't, you know, we're not sitting here saying they're going to win a championship or anything. But to say that they'll miss the playoffs is just absolutely ludicrous. I think to even say they'll make the eight seed is ludicrous. I think they'll be in the mix for... Somewhere between four and seven.
0: And funnily enough, that's exactly where we saw the team at this time last year as the uh, the 20 season was starting. And we exceeded expectations in terms of seeding. We finished with the fourth seed. And it doesn't seem to matter what seed the Pacers finish with uh, and how much continuity they have. Justin, it's, it's just same old, same old for a small market team. There's, there's no respect there. There's a lot of reports, obviously, going around regarding free agency, which we'll get to in a second, and star players wanting to leave and talking to other players. But at its core, this roster is exactly the same. And I know that you were uh, as big a um, advocate as any that this season was actually the one that this roster was built for.
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, shout out to you two as well. You both said we wouldn't make any off-season moves where I said we would. So I'll put my hand up and said oh, I was dead wrong because <laughs> they didn't make a move. I thought they would after firing Nate McMillan. But um, look, it sounds like they were pretty active in trying to make a uh, deal. But um, yeah, you two were correct because you both said they wouldn't make any, any moves. So um, I'm interested to hear, you know, KP talk about Nate Bjorken and saying, you know, let's not try and, you know, every win's necessary. Like put all our eggs in one basket for a road win in Cleveland and let's go at a slower gradual pace for the year. So I'm really interested to see what that means. Does it mean we get a lower seed or, you know, we're not... We're not burnt out come playoff time, so we don't get swept. I think you're playing with fire a bit, but it's going to be interesting.
0: I tell you what it means, boys. Goga. It means (laughs) Goga time. That's exactly what it means. It means development. You know, Nate McMillan. We, we heard reports two seasons ago that Nate favoured um, veteran players, and that there were younger players that were frustrated with the lack of opportunity that they got. We then saw last year we drafted a centre just outside the lottery. I think the 18th or 19th pick in the draft, and that centre didn't really ever look like he was going to get into uh, the the group of the NBA season, but. We saw a lack of, I guess, desire to play the younger players. I mean, Aaron Holiday had it took him, you know, the better part of a year to earn minutes uh, in that first season, and and he was called upon the second season. You really had to earn your stripes with uh, with Nate McMillan, and you don't know, respect that approach. But um, I think with the the new generation, particularly where you invest a first round pick uh, in a player, you really need to know whether that player is part of your future or not. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see Goga. I'll be honest. Like I'm, I'm way higher than him, uh, on him than just about anyone else is. I think he could be a, a really viable backup big man in the league. I think he's got all the skill to be able to do that, particularly with the way the game's played in the modern sense. He can rebound, he can block shots, he can hit shots from outside, um, I'm, I'm excited that potentially Nate Björkran can actually unlock his potential, make him feel more comfortable and more confident in his skin as an NBA player. And I've got really high hopes for Goga heading into this season. He's had a season of NBA basketball under his belt. He's made his mistakes. You know, he's learned hopefully from those mistakes. And now, uh, Alex, you would hope that the coaching staff can put faith in him and put faith in other young players that... Deserve an opportunity, uh, but the fact is there aren't many on this roster, are there?
2: No, not anymore. As so, well, today, you know we were, lost Alize to the Raptors. Obviously, TJ going out to, to Oklahoma, so shout out to them. But um, yeah, you're right, Nate Millen. You know those were the reports, wasn't it? I? Remember it was it was rumoured that Aaron Holiday was the one upset with you know little playing time in his rookie season, and I think he had every right to be. You know, I think uh, it's it's one thing to play. You know, you want to win every game. We, we understand that. But I think it got to a point where he was playing his starters, you know, four, three minutes left in the game and we were up by 20 points and the starting lineup was still in. So I think that's where those frustrations come in. And guys like Gogar are going to get more opportunity. You know, I'm looking forward to Cassius getting opportunity this season, hopefully getting some minutes, you know, even Jalen coming in from, from uh, Phoenix. So, you know, we've got a, we've still got a, a good group of young guys who I think can give you some production. Edmund, hope- Hopefully we see more minutes from him. He struggled to get on the court during the playoffs. So, you know, all these young guys, hopefully we can see him out there.
0: Even a guy like Brian Bowen, who was just offered another two-way yeah. contract. Uh, and, you know, we saw him in the NBL uh, for the Sydney Kings two years ago. We saw him uh, in, I guess, blowouts uh, last season. I think he was only in two or three games. But um, just see what you've got. I mean, what's what's the harm in, in allowing a guy the opportunity to be able to um, make use of some minutes uh, late in a game that's, that's out of the question that it, is either you're up huge or you're down huge potentially. Um, you know, the, the reason those minutes exist is to showcase those sorts of players. And I'm not sure that that was necessarily done enough in the last couple of seasons. So I think we've got a really, really good opportunity to do that as well as, you know, try some things, you know, I think what we found in the playoffs two years in a row, we were swept the the other team, knew what was coming and knew how to counteract it. There, there were no uh, other looks that we could throw.
2: No adjustments. There no were adjustments no adjustments
0: whatsoever. Um, yeah. You know, well well documented our struggles against the press, uh, against teams like Toronto and those, uh, those sorts of situations. So I'm looking for a, a lot more creativity uh, coming out of the coaching staff this season. And I'm lo- looking for a lot more, uh, I guess, fluidity of the lineups. Um, you know, we've spoken about... Uh, our, our troubles defending those great all-star forwards in the East. I'm looking for a player like TJ Warren to play a lot more minutes at power forward with one of the two big men. And that's been something that's been discussed. Um, and that's obviously always the issue with the playing of the two big men. One of them has to suffer if you want to go smaller. So I'm going to see a lot more of that, or I hope to see a lot more of that this season, not to the detriment of either one of those big guys, but just to throw another uh, look out there. And uh, and make some adjustments based on the the opposition because I think you have to play kind of based on matchups. Justin, what I guess question without notice, what what are you sort of looking at, or what would what would excite you about the way that the Pacers approach basketball this season?
1: I think it all comes down to the coach. I think all Pacer Nation's pretty excited to see what the new coach has in store. Um, I personally think. KP can't talk about patience and seeing where this team goes after this season. You know what we've got after this season. Yep. And there's no, just even if someone gets injured, there's no oh, bad luck. It's, this is the team you've you've built for a few years. Um, there's no going back now. So like you mentioned, Adam, I'm excited about Goga as well. But, you know, the development of Goga then brings on questions about Turner and Sabonis. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, questions answered this this year um, with who plays well. And I, I think it's good not having a set rotation. Uh, Nate Mullen actually did pretty good at it. He used to ride the hot hands in the fourth quarter. That's something I always liked about him. Um, whether it was Holiday or TJ McConnell or, um, you know, Justin Holiday or McDermott, whoever was playing well would be on the court to finish the game. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. And yeah, um, I'm excited to see how he staggers minutes. Does Turner and Sabonis play a lot of the game together or are they staggered where it's basically Warren at the for majority of the game whilst Sabonis is on the court?
0: And look, that's a, that's a really good segue into the reports that I guess happened over the course of the last seven days, uh, particularly with free agency kicking off. There was It was obviously really strong mail that the Pacers and Gordon Haywood had a lot of mutual interest We spoke about it uh, quite a lot on the podcast. Uh, We're not going to spend the next half an hour gloating about how happy we are that it didn't happen, Um, (laughs) but we are all happy that it didn't happen. Um, But two players got mentioned in the deal, the proposed deal that uh, was potentially going to bring Gordon Haywood uh, to the Indiana Pacers, and those two players were Doug McDermott and Miles Turner. You know, I think uh, Doug, Miles and a first is the report going around that Danny Ainge uh, turned down. And from the bottom of my heart, I would like to take this opportunity to thank, it is a season of thanks. It's it's Thanksgiving this week. I'm so thankful for Danny Ainge. I'm so (laughs) thankful for his ridiculous negotiation tactics where he lost yet another All-Star player and got nothing in return. Thank you so much, Danny Ainge. Uh, Alex, are you thankful for Danny Ainge right now?
2: <laughs> you already know I am, mate. 100% he's the, the one man I'm thankful for around the world right now because
0: honestly, uh, I think it's laughable that we
2: would even have to give up a first-round pick in that deal, mm. you know, yet alone him uh, pushing for, I think it was TJ Warren. Like, are you kidding me, man? Come on, dude. Like, I don't think a single general manager in the league, you know, the worst-run teams, I don't even think the Kings or the Suns would accept something like that, so...
1: You know, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. My, and, you know, my we, big yeah, thing yeah. is, Gordon Hayward said he wanted to come home to Indiana. So, mm. we, we deal, Pacers deal with players wanting to leave and go to a specific market all the time. And it's always, oh, their market value shot. The yeah, U- like Oladipo,
2: like literally Oladipo right now.
1: Yeah. Like Oladipo right now. So, it's like, yeah. why for the Pacers when a player actually, first time nearly ever says, I want to be a Pacer, that the GM of the team's like, oh, no, we, we want a first-round pick. We want Miles Turner. We want TJ Warren. It's like, what? You've yeah. lost your leverage. He said he wants to come to Indiana. Like, I just don't understand where Danny Ainge was getting off. I, I had no idea. And like you guys said, he's lost him for nothing. Um, I, I woke up the day he signed with Charlotte, and I got a message from someone, and it just said, Gordon Hayward, four years, $120 million. And I had a heart attack. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I was so scared to open Twitter. I was like, it would have to be the Pacers. And then I saw him in a Charlotte jersey. And I was very happy.
0: Does this make up for Game 7 1998, Justin, in your mind? Did MJ just, just do us a solid right now?
1: Oh, well, I mean, that's hard. I was thinking Ben Gordon. Like, if you get a call from Michael Jordan saying we want you, pretty hard to turn that down. Definitely with the money he's offering.
0: Justin, if you get a call from, uh, anyone, if you get a call from James Dolan and he says, we want you, he's $120 million. Uh, it's very difficult to turn that down, but, uh, it just so happens that Michael Jordan is as bad of an owner as he is, as he was a good of a player. Um, so thank you to Michael Jordan. Thank you to Danny Ainge. You both saved us from ourselves. Um, and, you know, I was listening to friends of the podcast, uh, Jeremiah Johnson and Pat Boylan on the sideline guys earlier today. And they made a, a, a really good analogy with baseball about, uh, you know, waiting for the right pitch before you take your big swing if you've got one last big swing. And I, I think, you know, the Pacers are looking for the right deal. It is clear from the moves that they tried to make, from the reports that were around about uh, players like Gordon Haywood and Bogdan Bogdanovich, that the Pacers are not 100% satisfied with their roster and see some improvement in their roster. Now whether we agree with that or not that's clearly the way that they think. So I think kudos and um, I think it's a it's, it's a positive that the Pacers stood pat and waited for the right deal to come along. You know, you could sure. see you could see Miles Turner increase his trade value and also want to leave the the franchise in a mutually beneficial move later in the season. Same with Oladipo. Uh, you could see these players increase their trade value and for a player to become available to come back to Indiana, where it's a, it's a deal that makes sense for both teams. Um, it's fair, but it also maximizes the value of your starting players because I don't know about you guys, but, looking at that proposed trade, Turner McDermott and a first for, for Haywood. Obviously the three of us, are, it's well documented. We didn't want Gordon Haywood to sign for the paces because of mostly because of what we would lose in getting Gordon Haywood. But um, the, the price was just too high. And I just can't fathom how you would want to pay that price. Um, Alex, I'll start with you. I mean, what it, it's, we've got to be waiting for the right deal. Don't we?
2: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You know what's funny? I was just thinking. I remember the day before Charlotte signed him, there was a uh, the tweet that came out saying that I think Indiana was was interested in signing him for like a hundred million yeah. over four years. And all yeah. the replies to that, all the even Pacers fans who wanted Haywood were were saying that was probably too much. So to think that he got you know five million dollars a year more is is honestly insane. And you know what? Shout out to Gordon Haywood. Shout out to his agent because he has made over two hundred million dollars. Off of one all star appearance, so whoever his agent is, I want him representing us because he is an absolute uh,
1: legend. And, and I, it just, I I, I, I was just gonna. I think you make a really good point, Adam, and I wanted to bring that up. In some GMs, like although I think KP offered too much, would some GMs would have just done the deal? It, they've definitely been a small market. You've got a star. We never get stars wanting to come to Indiana. He knew it was in the public face. He knew, everyone knew about Hayward wanting to come to Indiana, but he didn't pull the trigger on the deal. He could have offered more and got him, I think him you know, he's, I think he's the only GM in the league who actually discusses this with the players. He's mentioned, he calls yeah. players to say look, there's talks, you might be traded, we're on the 30 yard line. Like, yeah. we're on the 10 yard line. He, Other GMs don't do it, it's a business so, you know, it can backfire. You know, some players might go, oh, you tried to trade me, but you know, it's the way the Pacers run their franchise, and it's ballsy. I actually respect it. Then, then telling players, "Hey, there are talks. We are discussing about moving you." Um, I, I like that. What Indiana do? It's real ballsy.
0: Yeah, it's um, th- there's a certain degree of social capital that comes along with it, and you hope that helps you in free agency, not uh, um, negotiations, etc. But I think the um, the the other point I wanted to make when it comes to uh, the contract that Gordon Hayward got, and it's something that that I think you brought up, Alex, during the week, and that is that the front office of the Pacers deserves a great deal of credit for the contracts that they've been able to sign over the last couple of years, particularly the extensions of Domas and Miles. I mean, you're looking at I think Miles is making 17 million this year, Domas is making 19.8. You have a look at some of the contracts that uh, have been signed over the last couple of years, and players for similar with similar production. Uh, maybe slightly better production are getting you know five ten million dollars a year more than than Miles and Domas, and I think it's a credit to the Paces that there is not at the moment. You can look up and down that roster; there is not one bad contract on that roster. There is not one untradeable contract on that roster. And leading into the trade period, us. yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've still got another two that years to pay end. him two million a year, don't we? But I mean, I think it it just opens up the possibilities and means that if, if there is a move to be made and you agree that there's a move, that there's a move you need to make, that you can actually make that move with um, very little pain coming back the other way, Alex, you don't have to pay to get rid of a contract, for example, do you?
2: No, the Pacers have done a great job. And I think we were talking to a, was it JJ or Scott that we were talking to this about? I remember earlier in the, earlier in the year, but um. You know, like you said, I, I think the the comparison that I made was Joe Harris, who you know Sabonis was an all star this year. Joe Harris was uh, a three point contest champion, <laughs> and yep. he got about the same money. So you know, you you look around the league, like you said, and there's contracts that I just go, "What the hell is going on here?" You know, plumley to the Pistons, what what is that? I, I don't know why they're handing out so much money. So yeah, like you said, the Pacers have done an amazing job. Warren's on what like 11 million or something insane like that. Brogdon, yep. even on, you know, he's the highest paid pacer. Yeah. And what's he on, like 2021 20, 21, or 2022? I think that's amazing. 2021, 22, so, yeah. Exactly. So the Pacers have done a, an amazing job. And I want to put this to you guys because I think the only stain that could be left on this free agency for the Pacers is if Oladipo leaves in, you know, 12 months' time for, for absolutely nothing, do we look back and say, wow, they made, you know, a terrible decision? Or... Do we move him at the deadline? I'm curious to what you guys think is going to happen.
0: Look, I think there's been a lot of reports about Oladipo's um, renewed relationship with new coach Nate Bjorkren. And, yeah. you know, it's well it's well known that Bjorkren is a player's coach. He's a engaging person. He's a positive person. Uh, Victor has been known as an engaging and positive person at his best. Um, and it looks like uh, on paper that their philosophies would probably align Pretty closely, um, so you know I'm trying to take obviously all of our conversations previously about Victor's future out of it and just look at it on its merits. You've got two guys that really want to focus on product, on positivity, and really want to focus on the the people and making sure that the uh, the environment is as strong as it could possibly be. So, look from my perspective, there's every chance that Victor Oladipo and Nate Bjorker inform Uh, a bond that results in Oladipo wanting to extend his stay in Indiana. Uh, That's a possibility. Is it a a distinct possibility? Does it have, you know, is it over a 50% chance? I I don't think so. I think it's a remote possibility because uh, I think we've all been pretty clear on the fact that we believe if Victor doesn't get the offer that he wants elsewhere and the Pacers are willing to pay him uh, the most amount of money, then he will stay um however if he's able to get an offer elsewhere that's comparable even if it's a little less uh, i think he's going to go justin am i talking sense
1: yeah you are like i hate to be blunt but my personal opinion is, is it's all bs and that's you look at the timeline of this like he he's got no other teams chasing him or wanting him everyone wants to see if he's going to be healthy um and now it's, oh, he's built a great relationship with a new head coach, Nate Bjorken. I'm sorry, he's not staying in Indiana for Nate Bjorken, a first time coach. Like, it's, this isn't Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich, who maybe that relationship could, could fix it. It's a first time coach. And yeah, maybe they haven't built a good relationship. Maybe they have got along, but it, he's not staying in Indiana for a first time coach. It's, it's honestly just, you know, saving public face for the fans. Um, I've got to be real, like, I still think he's gone. Um, yeah. which is disappointing. And this circus is just going to keep going. It's going to keep going. And we've dealt with that for the last, what, six months. Us three have been talking about it. And now it's going to go until what you, we all think maybe the trade deadline at the earliest. If not, we'll probably lose him for nothing. I, I cannot see. If he's still a Pacer after the trade deadline, I am going to be extremely worried. And so should all of Pace Nation, no matter how he's playing throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I think at the moment we're pretty aligned on the fact that you've got to move in before the deadline because uh, it's highly likely you're going to lose him for nothing. And this roster doesn't have the financial flexibility to lose a guy like Victor Oladipo for nothing. Um, even if it is a return less than what you would have liked, if it's something that you can hold on to past this season, that's a positive. it's a contract, that's tradable. We're, you know, If there's a, a pick involved from a team that's going to make the playoffs, even if it's a lower first-round pick, it's something. Uh, you've got your own first-round pick next year. You potentially get a low one for Victor Oladipo if you trade him to a contender. You've got two picks plus a contract. Maybe you can make a move to get someone, you know, 80% of Oladipo, 75% of Oladipo. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, I just want to touch on one thing I glossed over with Haywood. We're we're not stupid. We, we know why Gordon Haywood was on the agenda for the Pacers. And we're not, I guess, saying that we don't agree that he would be a good acquisition from the standpoint of ticket sales, from the standpoint of someone on the billboard in Indianapolis, Indiana is a college state college basketball state. Um, you know, people that play for Indiana colleges are revered and beloved in Indiana. Um, it, it's, it, we, we would get it from a business standpoint, but, um, me personally, I would get it from a business standpoint, but I would not get it from a basketball standpoint. And Victor Oladipo is very much the same. Um, from now on, we get it from a business standpoint. Keeping him, he's an all-star. He's a big name now. He was on the Masked Singer. He's got you know cachet uh, with the ca- with the uh, the casual fan. But I mean, Alex, from a basketball standpoint, it just doesn't seem to make sense now and long term to keep him on the roster, does it?
2: No, it makes no sense. at all. and you know what? That kind of that kind of brings up is the a quote from KP's presser, which I know Justin, you were upset about, is when he was talking about how you know the paces are going to be a tough out. They always use that quote, don't they? And that I think that goes to show that you know will they keep Oladipo just to make sure they are a tough out? You know they kept guys a couple of seasons ago when they could have traded them at the deadline because they wanted to make the playoffs. So you know I think that's a it's a bad mindset to have whether you're the New York Knicks or whether you're the Indiana Pacers, I think that's a terrible mindset to have. And I think you need to, obviously the Pacers are not going to tank. We're being realistic. We know that, but you need to find a a balance between, you know, not just getting swept in the first round every year and being okay with that. And then, you know, actually going out and getting, getting better players.
0: Justin, there was another quote in KP's press conference that you wanted to highlight um, that you highlighted on Twitter. Um, Take us through that.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, Alex, that thing on, um, yeah, tough out. I can't stand that. It's my, I hate, it. I literally it drives me insane. It's the worst thing to say, but anyway, I'll leave that for another day. Um, obviously I tweeted it out, got some traction with, um, I think it was Bob Kravitz of the Indy Star asked. Um, so Oladipo uh, has shared with The Athletic last week that, um, you know, he's committed to Indiana long-term has he shared that sentiment with you? And he didn't even finish his question and KP cut him off and said no. So, mm. and I, I could tell watching, KP was very, um, he was very calm the whole kind of press conference and then 20 minutes in the Oladipo question got brought up and he fired, he got, he got fired up. You could tell the way he was answering it. He was like, no, no, I haven't heard that. Yep. And then he was, saying, um, you know, he's got to trust what, he's been told from Oladipo and that's his agent. Uh, You know, he wants to be healthy and prove himself, but that means nothing to a Pacer fan. Yeah, of course he wants to prove himself to the league. Of course he wants to prove himself he's a good player, but um, yeah, very impressed with that bit. And I just want to ask you guys, obviously we've all followed the Pacers for a while. Obviously I had a lot of players I've liked, disliked, but just going into this season, I can't think of any player... I'm going to struggle rooting for more than Oladipo this season. Where where are you guys on that? Uh, i 100% the same. 100%. Yeah. Like if he if I want him to play well, obviously I want the team to win 72 games, but Yeah. We we just know if he plays well, he's just raising his market yeah, value. Exactly. And so even if he hits bad, like,
2: you know, even if he hits a bunch of game winners does the, this is my city and all that. Yeah, it's well, easy to root for just, that on the night, isn't it? But then you know, six months later when he leaves you. <laughs>
1: well,
2: you like We're just going to laugh.
1: It's either a lose-lose. He plays really well and then he'll, you know, go elsewhere with the max or play
0: terrible and no one
1: will want him and he's a pacer. I'm, I'm just going to find it really hard to root for the guy after everything I've seen.
0: Where are you, Adam? Uh, look, I think, I think the moves that have been made for this roster over the last couple of years give me faith that the team will make the right decision if the time comes to make that decision. Um, so I'm choosing... To have faith in in KP in the front office to be able to to move Oladipo, regardless of his value before the deadline, and regardless of how many game winners he hits, and regardless of how much he's averaging, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, I think you have to be realistic and and think that there is there's just no way to salvage this relationship long term between player and franchise. It's it's pretty clear, despite what's been said. Um, you know, in interviews and et cetera, it's pretty clear that that relationship is fractured for any one of a number of reasons that I'm sure will come out eventually. But um, you know, I I'm going to root for this team, of course. Um, I'm going to find it difficult to if if depot is doing that. This is my city. I'm going to find that really hard to swallow, just because um, I don't think it is anymore. And I think the only thing that I would say, you know, we've got a series that where we've just embarked on about um, uh, challenges for players this coming season. Um, and for, for Victor Oladipo, I, I don't want to hear anything basketball or, or team related or philosophical out of Victor Oladipo. Social justice. Great. Absolutely. You know, use your voice for those sorts of things, but um, I don't want to hear about leadership on court leadership. I don't want to hear about all that sort of stuff. This is my city. I don't want to hear that. I just want you to play, play well. Um, you know, if you've got a social justice message, uh, that's, you know, absolutely what I want to hear out of you. Don't get me wrong, but from a, you know, I'm the leader of this team perspective, I don't want to hear any of that language, Justin.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if, if, uh, if Casher Stanley's listening, if you want to be a fan favourite, if you hit a big shot, do this is my city because the fans would absolutely love you yeah. if you did that in your first season. Yeah. Um, he already seems to be a, bit of a fan favourite the way he's being on social media, which is awesome. But yeah, I agree. Um, We've mentioned it. We talked about this all last year. Who's the leader of this team? Who's who do the coaches? Coaches pinpoint and go, oh, we've got to stop that guy. You know, we've mentioned Sabonis maybe. They're but, two different things. Um,
0: They're two different things yeah. in my mind. The The leader of this team is Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. The guy that you have to stop yeah. is Sabonis. Yeah.
1: That,
0: that, yeah. That's the difference.
1: Well, I, I, could, I could see us answering that as TJ Warren later on
0: in the year, honestly. I hope so. I mean, with greatest respect to Sabonis, if we're answering that question about TJ Warren, that means we've got two all-stars on our team. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah. I want more than... I, I want two All-Stars that are not named Victor Oladipo on this team because regardless of what we trade Victor Oladipo for later in the season, I want to be left with two All-Stars. Because that's yeah. the way you win in the East. You need at least two All-Stars to be successful. Um, Very true. Yeah, it's
1: going to be interesting. But Alex, I'm sure you're happy. You've got to give a shout-out to Miles Turner. He's still on the team. Your boy. Happy with it
2: we get to keep the uh the intro, mate, without having to become a Celtics podcast so we That's just, we right love that's it. right we and we love it
1: for the, for the amount of tweets you've got throughout the year and all the you know hate we maybe get with about Turner i think you know it's it's good he's still on the team um and yeah i'm sure you're very happy alex so that's that's great to see
0: we are his key source, Alex. So, you know, it's so all I hear down the grapevine. He tells you everything. So... Yeah, he just you leaks know, all his info to
2: me, mate. Sorry. Just,
0: <laughs> just keep leaking it to the Pace his podcast. That's what we want. Uh, tongue in cheek. We don't get anything, guys. We're in Australia. Um, last note, we've only got a couple minutes left of the show, but um, we have a preseason schedule that comes out. We're playing Cleveland twice and the 76ers once. Uh, so, first game on December 12th, then the 14th, then the 18th, ahead of the 22nd being the start of the NBA season. So, we've basically got two weeks left with no paces basketball. And from then on, uh, we will be spoiled with a 72 game season plus three preseason games. Uh, Alex, uh, I'll start with you. What's the next hype video, mate?
2: Uh, um, it might be a, a Jalen one, mate. I don't even know how to say his last name, but it might be him. Or or it'll be a season trailer.
0: Yeah, season trailer. Gonna have to get on YouTube for uh, for pronunciation, I think, for a lot of different players. Yeah, I don't don't want
2: to butcher his name on the podcast, man. No, no, fair
0: enough, (laughs) fair enough. Everyone knows who you mean. There's only one Jalen on the paces right now. Um, And and Justin, I think um, you know the the key is that we we need to see effort out of this team. We need to see it run. We need to see a different complexion of the offense. Um, are you excited to see what the offense brings this coming season? Is that the thing you're most excited about?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. I think we're just seeing a different offense run uh, compared to Nate McMillan's going to be great. Uh, it sounds like we're going to be more high scoring, uh, more threes. You know, it's mentioned Turner's going to shoot more threes a game. So um, I really hope our defense doesn't like. You know, Dan Burke on, we've all mentioned. You know, we're going to give up 120 points a game. That's that's not Pacers basketball. Um, I'd rather win. 95 to 90, then 130 to 128. Um, that's just the way I am. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting. Um, and yeah, lastly, just obviously, Alex, when you do your hype video, make sure you're crediting the uh, cameraman.
2: <laughs> and, no comment. Mate, no comment. And Justin
0: <laughs> and Justin, when you put up Alex's videos, just make sure you credit Alex because no one knows that he's on the podcast. No one makes that connection. All right, guys, this has been the Paceroos podcast. We will bring you one more episode at least before the season starts. So thank you for continuing to listen to us. We'll keep doing some Facebook, uh, some YouTube live, live streams every now and again. But this has been the Pacers podcast. Thanks for listening.